Welcome to Call Jeshurun, a podcast from Congregation B'nai Jeshurun, a vibrant and flourishing Reformed Jewish community in Short Hills, New Jersey. Welcome. I am Rabbi Matthew Gewertz. Call Jeshurun is where you can come to engage with teachings of relevant wisdom and music. You will hear from our clergy, staff, and guest speakers who will help bring meaning into a world that so badly needs it. If you would like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at tbj.org. Hi, I'm Rachel Braverman, and in February of 2021, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was 40 years old, had my first mammogram that fall, and in an instant, my world fell out from under me. I'm a mom to four, and at that point, my kids were eight, six, five, and three. We live about five minutes from TBJ, and one of my kids has been in the ECC since we moved here almost a decade ago. How could this be happening to me? It seemed unthinkable. If I could take you back, we were still in the midst of COVID, but I imagine we were through the worst of it. Vaccines had appeared, and I thought there might be a light at the being home with my four kids indefinitely tunnel. And then I saw something that didn't seem quite right to me one night in the shower. It was the tiniest little nothing, and if I hadn't picked up the phone to call my doctor, the end of this story might be very different. Everyone always says, listen to your body, and let me remind you today, listen to your body, because it was truly one of the luckiest decisions I ever made. My OB wanted me to come in the next day for a mammogram and an ultrasound, even though she reassured me that everything was likely fine. As I sat alone in the ultrasound room, looking at three yellow circles, marking three separate white spots up on the screen, I still thought, this is probably nothing. And the radiologist confirmed that she, too, thought it was probably nothing. Fibroids are a cyst, but not cancer. It wasn't until the day I had the biopsy that I thought this might not be nothing. The radiologist had gone from being so casual with me to taking a more serious tone. I can still remember the shift in the room, the initial flutter of panic in my chest. I tried my best to stay calm and stay busy and keep a positive attitude, but in those couple of days waiting for the results, I feared the worst. That was when I first thought to myself over and over, please, God, just let me be okay. And then my phone rang. It was one of those moments where time froze. It is still like watching a movie of my own life. How could this be me? I knew from the sound of my doctor's hello. I'm so sorry, Rachel. I fell down sobbing. Breast cancer? I thought I was suffocating. Was I suffocating? I could not say the words, even now. They feel foreign in my mouth. I texted my husband to come downstairs, and I remember hearing him running down the hall because he just knew. Aside from learning that your wife has breast cancer, seeing me literally curled up in a ball on the floor must have been a sight. I remember feeling like I actually could not get up, and I might never would. (laughs) And like I never would. I told Jeff that we had to call my dad, but he must have done most of the talking because I still felt like I could not breathe. My dad was so measured and reassuring. My parents drove out to our house that night and we told my mom, who I was more worried about telling than I was actually worried about me. But ever a monument of strength, my parents and my husband were there for me in that moment and in the many hard months that followed. So that day was horrible. I had breast cancer, I was 40, I had four kids. I had no idea how bad it was. It felt like a horrible story you hear about somebody else. But this wasn't someone else, it was me. How was I going to tell my children? Who would take care of them if I couldn't? For a day, for a month, forever. But I knew there was nothing to tell them until I had answers. So after I was able to stop crying, I started making phone calls because I had to be all right. 
I needed doctors and a plan. I needed to be stronger than I'd ever been in my life because I had to be okay for my children. I was too young. The next couple of weeks were a flurry of secret phone calls and doctor appointments and prodding and hospital gowns, and I'm not sure I've ever felt more vulnerable. Focusing on what I could control and putting one foot in front of the other was all I could do. I had to live in my three-foot world as much as possible, but we were getting answers and making swift decisions, and it seemed like everyone agreed that I needed surgery. And then I knew I had to tell my kids. Of the many dreaded moments of those early weeks, which there were many, this was one I was dreading the most. I knew I had to tell them while I looked perfectly normal and could hug them and tell them that mommy needed this to make her better. And I wanted to tell them that this is why we go to the doctor and take care of our bodies and that I might not be able to do a lot of things for a little bit, but daddy would be here and grandma and grandpa would be here and all of their needs would still be met. Thank you, Debbie Evans and Michelle Feingold for helping me find all of those words. So I sat them all down and I tried to be as appropriately honest as I could. And you know what they said? They said, you have cancer, Lucy, in your boobies? And we all laughed. And laughter also heals. My breast surgeon found five tumors when I had a double mastectomy almost exactly a month after the night I called my doctor about the nothing I thought I found. Five. The cancer had basically spread all over my left breast, but I was so lucky because that is where it stopped. What would have happened if I had waited another six months until my next mammogram? What if I hadn't noticed something unrelated to the cancer that made me pick up the phone that night? I said many times that I was lucky in the unlucky. I felt so unfairly hurt, but I also felt so incredibly spared. I didn't need chemo or radiation. My cancer was treatable. It was controllable. Mastectomy, medication, and reconstruction. That would be the physical healing. Even now, almost 18 months later, the healing does feel never-ending because there are so many doctors monitoring me, checkups and more checkups and more doctors and more things to watch. They worry everything is something after you're branded with the scarlet letter of breast cancer, but I don't think the worst. In fact, I always try to think the best. Because when I said to myself, God, please let me be okay, I was, and I am. And maybe it is my own compartmentalizing, or maybe it is flat out denial, or maybe it is the hope and sense of peace that comes with healing. Truth is that it is some of all of that. The emotional healing from an experience like this is complicated. In the thick of it, I had to look in the mirror and say to myself, I am sick, but I will get better. And I had to believe that, to believe that something greater than me would keep me safe. Maybe God, maybe the skills hand of my breast surgeon, some awesome combination thereof. I had trust in the belief that this would not be the end of my story, but rather a part of it. Healing is a process with many phases. Shock, anger, vulnerability, and if you're lucky, acceptance. Acceptance of help and acceptance of hard days. Coming to grips with this is easier now with cancer in my rearview mirror, but it has changed me. Days like today only make that more poignant in my mind. Today, Yom Kippur, where we beat our chests and say, I will not take my wellness for granted. I live that every single day, every time I see my reflection in the mirror. Today in the quiet, I will not take my wellness for granted feels like a mantra emanating through me, a promise to myself and to God that I will take care of myself and that I'm eternally grateful to be taken care of. And today where I can be resolved to show my love and gratitude to the people who have held me up. I must talk about those people because many of them are you. My family, my friends, many of whom I've made and met in this very building. One of the things that I learned throughout this journey was the importance and ability to accept help. I've always been a go-it-alone kind of person. But sometimes you're in a position where you have no option. 
And once I got over being embarrassed that people knew I was sick, being frustrated I couldn't manage my whole life on my own, it was the greatest sense of relief. Because people want to be there for you, to cry with you, laugh, laugh with you, drive your children, send you so much food, and constantly check on you. It is funny, but even accepting help from my own parents was something that was hard for me, and I was basically reduced to being cared for like a child. My mom helping me put a shirt on, my dad keeping track of every medication, helping me with my wounds, my drains. The surgery knocked me out, so I had to let all of these people in, and each of them, in their own way, was a part of my healing. And so, in some of the worst moments, I can say that I've never felt more loved by my children's pictures and my friends' phone calls and the new friends that came into my life who had beaten back their own breast cancer. The community here, which is largely rooted in TBJ for me, was nothing short of life support. So I thank you all. And Rabbi Karen and Rabbi Matt and Cantor Lucy in particular, you all offered me a place to pray for my health and a place to hope for better days and even a place to just be mad this was happening. And today you've offered me a place to reflect and to test the bounds of my own vulnerability. The power of people to help you heal should never go unrecognized, and there are some powerful people around here. My daughter said to me a few weeks ago that she loves my scars. She thinks they're special. I kind of hate them, but now they are a part of me, and they are a reminder of where I've been and what I've overcome. They are a reminder of the lessons I've learned along the way, and when my children grow up, I hope they look back on this time. And if they remember anything at all about it, that they remember my mom was sick, but that my mom got better. And she was always there for me, even when she couldn't drive me to school for a while. And I hope they remember that scars can be a part of you that you are proud of. And they can be a quiet, personal reminder of your own healing and growth. Thank you all. Shana Tova. And don't forget to schedule your mammograms. Thank you for listening to this edition of Call Jeshurun. If you would like to learn more, visit our website at tbj.org and follow us on social media for updates on all our upcoming opportunities for engagement. We really hope to see you soon.